Star Wars 7x7 episode 2311. Well, it finally happened. It's finally here. Season 2 of The Mandalorian started yesterday with the first episode of the season. This is Chapter 9, The Marshal. Punch it. Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So this episode for an episode that is, for all intents and purposes, kind of a filler episode is one that's so packed with Easter eggs that we're going to need a couple of episodes to talk about this whole thing. So today we're going to break down the episode and tomorrow we'll break down the whole Easter egg situation. And even though I'm saying it was a quote-unquote filler episode in its way, it really was kind of crucial to revealing how things are going to go in season two of The Mandalorian. And before I go any further, I will say, and I think I warned you about this yesterday, but it's still the case that this is a full spoiler episode. So if you have not watched season two, episode one of The Mandalorian, then save this for a later date. But if you're okay with me diving into the details, well, then let's do it. So it's actually kind of a throwaway line. Like you almost wouldn't pay attention to it and I didn't pay attention to it until the second time around, really. I heard it and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I heard it again and I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. But before we get to it, it starts out with stuff that we saw in the trailers. So we've already wiped out a bunch of information that we already know about the season just with this one episode because of the scene with Gore Koresh, who I had seen a couple of suggestions that maybe, just maybe, it was Chris Evans inside the Cyclops character's costume. But no, actually, John Leguizamo. And the reason why the Mandalorian is going to John Leguizamo is because he's looking for other Mandalorians. Now, that's interesting in and of itself because it ties us back to the previous season when most of the Mandalorian covert was destroyed after the events of the Sin. That was chapter three of the season. But according to the armor, some may have escaped. And so he, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is trying to connect with other Mandalorians, and he hears about a Mandalorian from Gore Koresh, and this Mandalorian apparently is on Tatooine. And so, scenes of the Mandalorian riding his speeder bike through a desert environment that we've already seen this episode, and Banthas and Tusken Raiders that we've seen in preview footage already in this episode. So, yeah, that happened pretty quickly. Now, in a few previous episodes where we were talking about season one of The Mandalorian and what we might expect for season two, one of the things that we talked about was how characters come back and that we can kind of expect characters to make return appearances. So it shouldn't be a surprise, and yet, and yet, it was a bit of a surprise that one of those returning characters was Amy Sedaris's character who runs Docking Bay 35 at the Moss Eisley spaceport, but it does go to prove the point. And it's to her that the Mandalorian expresses the idea that is going to animate his activities for season two. We know that he's been tasked by the armor to reunite Baby Yoda with its own kind. What he says to Amy Sedaris is that he is trying to chart a path through the network of coverts in order to achieve that goal. In other words, he is on the hunt for other Mandalorians. And so this 
right there raises the possibilities of running into such luminaries as Bo-Katan and Sabine Wren and who knows who else. But even as he says this, even as he says that he is trying to chart a path through a network of coverts, we know that it's highly unlikely that he is going to find a Mandalorian covert on Tatooine because there's only one Mandalorian that anyone's seen and everybody's brain is going to the one Mandalorian that we've ever seen on Tatooine and that of course is Boba Fett. And so this story actually serves to close a loop that was opened up back in September of 2015 in the novel Aftermath by Chuck Wendig, the first of the Aftermath trilogy of novels. In that novel, in one of the many interludes that happens, there's a story about a guy named Cobb Vanth who finds a Mandalorian suit of armor and actually gets into a fight with someone over it and decides to take possession of it. And it is Jawas that have it. Well, we get a different version of that story in Season 2, Episode 1 of The Mandalorian because we get to hear that story straight from the perspective of Cobb Vanth himself. And yes, indeed, Timothy Oliphant is playing Cobb Vanth. Now, let's tie this back to The Gunslinger, which was Episode 5 from Season 1. And Cobb Vanth, as he walks around, you can hear the spurs that jangle, jingle, jangle. So that does suggest very strongly that it was his footsteps that we heard at the very end of that episode walking up to the body of Fennec Shand. Although I don't think there's any reference to Fennec in this episode at all. I don't think we see anything other than just, you know, the connecting of the boot spur noise and that's about it and that's going to relate to the end of the episode as well and the character that we see as a surprise at the end of this particular one but the rest of the episode goes along pretty comparatively uneventfully from the point of view of oh my gosh what crazy new things are we going to learn it's not an episode like that instead it turns out to be an episode where we see two different factions of sentient beings learning how to work together even though they have a violent history with each other but they manage to bond together to take on a greater threat which is a crate dragon and we actually get to see a crate dragon in action which is horrifying and scary and that was before it started vomiting acid all over everyone and making them immediately disintegrate. Oh, good grief. But apparently Beskar is not affected by this stuff since the Mandalorian was able to go in. But not all his stuff is Beskar, right? He's got like cloth and stuff wrapped around with his armor. So it's pretty impressive that he managed to survive inside the maw of that thing. And holy cow, kudos to the ILM visual effects team because... Because to do that final sequence with them fighting the crate dragon and all of the jetpack flying around and the acid vomiting and stuff crashing all over the place amazing stuff it is the stuff that you would see in you know motion pictures and not necessarily on just small screen tv series stuff but really they have stepped up their game and having a division specially set aside for working on special effects in live action TV series, man, you can see 
it happening all on screen. It's so tremendous. All right, now before we get to that stinger at the end, let's really quickly do this one last time for the month of October. Thank you so much for submitting reviews on iTunes and ratings on iTunes if you have done that. And if you have not done that, one more time, please, please consider leaving a rating or review or both on iTunes for Star Wars 7x7. It really does help folks find Star Wars 7x7 when they're searching for Star Wars podcasts to listen to, trying to bring this daily dose of Star Wars joy to as many people as possible, and a reading or review or both actually does help. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for you for doing it. So thank you so much for considering it. Thank you for letting me encourage you to do it all these past days and weeks. I really appreciate that too. So about that stinger, first of all, I replayed it over and over again to just listen to the footsteps <laughs> to make sure that there weren't, you know, another set of spurs that we had heard jangling around or anything like that. And it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it was just crunch, crunch, crunch in the sand and that was it. And it also seems like this particular stinger character at the end was not seen very nearby where Cobb Vanth was. So I don't think there's going to be any retribution or any situation like that happening there. And I have to say, I don't think anything is necessarily going to come of this, quite honestly, because this Stinger character was high on a dune and it was getting near dark and the Mandalorian's cruising by and he's going super fast and far away. So I can't imagine that this character actually saw that he had Boba Fett's armor with him. Might have been able to see some shiny stuff from reflecting setting suns maybe to be able to notice the armor, but would he have been able to tell from that long distance that it was Beskar armor, that it was Mandalorian armor he was seeing cruising by him? Hard to say. But when he turns around, we see that the actor is in fact Timura Morrison, and that's revealed in the credits as well that it was Timura Morrison, but he's not named, and I even watched through all of the voice credits for the different countries and so forth, and Timura Morrison isn't even named, but probably because they didn't have to do any lines of dialogue for him, so there was no voice actor for him, but Timur Morrison, come on. That was Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones. There's every reason to think that he was playing Boba Fett in this episode as well. But there's no reason for the Mandalorian to come back to Tatooine because there is no Mandalorian covert there. So there's no reason for him to come back and encounter Boba Fett again, who is walking around in what looked like Tusken Raider robes, carrying a, a Tusken Raider rifle and is it a gaffy stick? Oh gosh. I should probably double check that. Yes, that's Passel Gedarfi stick, if that's the pronunciation. All right, enough about that. <laughs> so Boba Fett has a couple of Tusken Raider weapons that he's carrying around. And that makes it seem like he doesn't exactly have transport to be able to go off and try and follow the Mandalorian or anything like that. He's probably living a very simple and ascetic life at this point. But he has survived, and so that closes the loop on a question that fans have wondered about and argued about 
for decades. So I'm guessing we're not going to see him again in this role, but the question is, are we going to see Tamora Morrison again in another role later on in the season? Don't yet know, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We'll stop there for today, and tomorrow we'll dig much deeper into the Easter eggs aplenty in this episode. For now, though, that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for do for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.